Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and on this episode, I am joined by two returning guests, Scott and Dan. We are going to have a really fun music discussion all about songs of the 1960s. Scott, Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having us. Both of you have been on the podcast before, and both of you are perfect guests for tonight's conversation, where we're going to be talking about what some people consider to be the best music decade ever. I think that's... uh, that's my personal opinion, even though I love a lot of them. How you guys been holding up? What is, we're going to be talking music tonight, and let me begin by posing this question to, to you, Scott, I guess. Why you been staying home? What role has music played for you? Oh, it plays a big role. Um, it always plays a big role for me, though. I'm a diehard music fan. Uh, but I've been doing a lot more like walking and running lately, which means um, you know I listen to a lot of podcasts when I do those activities, but I also like to switch it up with, with, um, with music. So definitely been listening to a lot of music. I did this crazy like marathon in a day thing earlier yeah. this year um, during the quarantine where I ran a mile every hour for like 24 hours. It was ridiculous, but uh, did a lot of music listening during that session as well. Not necessarily the decade we're going to talk about today. That was more, I was in the eighties for that okay. day for some reason, but uh, definitely been uh, listening to a lot of music. Very cool. Very cool. And Dan, how about you? I mean, it's, it, it's played a big role. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to a lot um, going through my vinyl collection um, I've been playing a lot, um, doing some writing too. So it's, it's, it's been uh, all around me, keeping me going. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Speaking of vinyl, I've been doing work from home and going through my vinyl collection. I listened this week to wings over America on vinyl. Oh, nice. Great album. It's just a, awesome. just a great album. Sky, you and I were talking about that not too long ago. Like that, that version of maybe I'm amazed. It's just, it gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. It's so good. It's a great version. Uh, and speaking of maybe I'm amazed, the studio version came out 50 years ago. This is the 50, 50th anniversary of the McCartney album. Oh yeah. Which, uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Yes. A lot of great songs on there. I guess maybe I'm amazed would be the biggest hit, but Every Night, Teddy Boy, Man, We Was Lonely. That, that's a good album. Man, that's We Was song. Lonely. I love that song. Me too. Junk. I mean, yeah. Junk. Yeah, Junk's a great track. Lovely uh, Linda. I love that opening track. The Lovely Linda is so good, too. Do you I mean, like, like Karina like Corey? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's that's a, a, a the crown jewel of the McCartney solo years there. <laughs> Create a Corey. <laughs> well, that could come up on the podcast. Well, I guess that was 1970. So it was 1970. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell our listeners about how this is going to go tonight. I wanted to do something a little bit different, and uh, here's what we're going to do. So the the idea tonight is that Scott, Dan, and I are each putting a playlist together of ten songs from the 1960s. And we're going to discuss what songs we would choose and why. The one caveat is that there can only be one Beatles song on the playlist. And the reason for that caveat is, it's actually a couple of reasons. One, Scott, Dan, and I are all huge Beatles fans. And we probably could make a playlist of 80 million Beatles songs if we wanted to. That's that's one reason. And two, the Beatles were such a dominant force in the 1960s and still are to this day. We didn't want to overwhelm the pot, the playlist with all Beatles stuff. So we wanted to bring in a variety of bands and solo artists and so forth. So that's the idea tonight. And I thought it would be a nice little distraction to have a show like this with everything going on in the world and put our minds to some good music. Uh, so with that, let us begin. Let's go to you, Scott. All right. Tell us your first song. And, and by the way, with, uh, uh, one, before we begin, let me point out, or let me ask you this question, guys, when you put together your list, did you do it in a specific order or was it just kind of random? Here's the 10 songs. Mine was kind of random. I had to 
initial song that I knew that was automatically going in, which I'll, that's going to be near the end of my list that I'll talk about. Um, so I, I have like some guilty pleasures, 60 songs, you know, that I wanted to throw in there. I took some of them out. I want to have a mix of maybe like some psychedelic in there because I played a big part of the 60s. I want to have at least a soul song, like a Motown song in there. Right. So I tried to like balance it out. But then when I looked at my final list, I was so heavy in the 1968, 1969 years. Um, those must be my two favorite years of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all good from 1960 to 1969. It's all fantastic music. But um, And I'll preface this by saying if I did this a million times, I'd probably get a different list every single time. That's sure. how that's how great this decade really was with music. Absolutely. Dan, how about you? When you put your list together, was it just kind of there, whatever came to mind? Well, it was, it was random too. Um, I, there was one song that right off the bat I, I, I had in mind. So I put that one down first and then I really had to do a lot of thinking about what else made the list. And I agree with Scott, you know, if you asked me to do this, like, you know, a couple days from now, the list will probably look entirely different. Um, yeah. There's a lot to try to filter through. It was a tough, tough assignment. Absolutely. Well, I'm very excited to hear this, guys. So, uh, Scott, let's begin. What's your first uh, song for tonight? Yeah, just for the audience to know, we don't know what each other picks, so we might have some duplicates out here. If we run into one, trust me, I can pull another song of the 1960s and replace it really quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm happy to hear <laughs> If I if there's a duplicate that's mentioned on the show, it would throw the podcast into a crisis, yeah. <laughs> and we'd have to <laughs> yeah. change it on the fly. By the way, it would yeah. be amazing if all three of us chose the same song out of yeah. all these tracks. That'd be yeah, awesome. that, yeah. All so right, I'm going to start us off with the zombies. I don't know if you guys are zombies fans at all. Um, I thought they would be good to throw in here. You know, just you don't hear about the zombies too often. I feel like, and I love the song "Tell Her No" um, by the zombies. Um, you know, lyrically, it's nothing like that fantastic, but it's just like your nice, this is what I feel like the mid sixties were kind of like, it's from 1965. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one of those quick, like two, two minute, two and a half minute, like great pop song, you know, with a good melody, you know, a couple of good verses, a good, like middle eight in there. It's, it's a great song. I love tell her now. That's a great track. I love that song. Uh, I love the part of the song where it goes, uh, and if she should tell you, it's a great melody. It's a great okay. melody. I love listening. I love going full blast on that. And that little piece you were just talking about, like I'll even like skip backwards a couple of times to hear it two or three times in a row. Like, I just love it. It's a great song. There's a group that I'm a fan of. Dan, I can't remember if we've talked about them, but they're called the Explorers Club. They're based out of, um, I guess Tennessee now. They're a very grotesque mm-hmm. band, and they did a cover of "Tell Her No" years ago at a live performance. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great song, Scott. I, yeah. I it's a fun song to sing in the car if it comes on. You know, tell her no, no, no. Like everyone can like do it. Everyone knows the song. It's a good one. Yeah, great selection. That's awesome. Thank you, Dan. What do you got? Um, well, before before I go to that, I mean, I I, I want to say about the zombies. I think that. Um, they're like one of the most overlooked bands of the sixties. You know, they were a great group and uh, had probably one of the best albums of the sixties too, with uh, Odyssey and Oracle, yes. um, which time of the season is on. So more people should, uh, should check out the zombies yes. and uh, appreciate their music. Um, my, my first pick is, is from uh, another band that's um, probably not as um, well um, delved into by people as, as they should be, but it's a, a wider shade of pale by Procol Harum. Mm-hmm. Almost made my um, list. 
Oh yeah, it was. It, that was that was the song that uh, as soon as Scott gave us the, the assignment, it, it it jumped out to me. That was my 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 first go to song. Um, the the thing that draws me to it, I mean, besides the incredible um, organ part uh, by Matthew Fisher, that that Bach esque organ, which is just taking Bach's air on G string and kind of twerking it a little bit. Um, are the lyrics. Um, Procol Harum was one of those bands that had a lyricist outside of the band, uh, a gentleman named Keith Reed, who wrote all the lyrics for the group, but he did not perform with them. Um, and his lyrics for, for that are just uh, um, incredibly, um, I, I mean, I think they just, they kind of encompass that psychedelic, it was 1967. So just encompassing that psychedelic, psychedelic era. Um, not quite sure at first listen what he's talking about. Um, but just the rhythm of the lyrics and, uh, the, the visuals that they, that they bring up as you listen, um, to me, it's an incredible song. Um, and, and partially inspired, uh, John Lennon to write, I am the walrus. Cause he was trying to duplicate that kind of, uh, that kind of lyrical approach. It's a great selection. It's, it is a type of track where even though it came out during the height of psychedelia, it has hints of psychedelic sounds, but it's not a purely psychedelic track. Right, if that makes any sense. So it's it it's a real good track, uh, Scott. What do you yeah. think about the uh, whiter shade of pale? Love love that song. For some reason, it makes me like get emotional. Like I just think uh, as like a young kid hearing my dad play like in the background or whatever. Like I think that organ just like made me feel sad for some reason. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, when I hear it now, like I, I think back on that, but it makes me happy because I think it's a beautifully written song. I think of the music video a lot too. I recall like a I vaguely remember but i just remember like seeing a music video of it i'm sure i could probably find it on youtube or something yeah um, yeah i think they're in like a churchyard or something yeah if i can remember yeah. correctly yeah great, great choice great so my first selection tonight is my favorite song of all time for many decade it's the opening track to the beach boys album pet sounds and it's wouldn't it be nice that is my favorite song of all time i love it for several reasons one uh, I love the harmonies on that track. That showcases the Beach Boys harmonies in perfect form. If you listen to the Pet Sounds box set that came out years ago, you could hear a background. You could hear the track with the instruments and the background vocals, and it showcases how well the Beach Boys sang harmony. It's just beautiful. I love what the song's about, the idea of finding new love and seeing that relationship blossom. It tells a great story. Uh, Brian's lead vocal on it is classic, and it's got this beautiful melody that just puts you in a good mood no matter when you hear it. And uh, it's a perfect track, in my opinion, a perfect song. That's uh, my, my first selection tonight, Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys, 1966. I'm glad someone put it on there because um, I thought about it. I left it off. Um, you're right. Like the, the vocals only version like on that box set is so good. When they do those harmonies like in that middle section, oh, and <sighs> I, I can't even – I get goosebumps thinking about it. I keep saying that word tonight, but like I do – like. I would just love to have been in the studio, like watching that, you know, like yeah. that, that history being made. Brilliant. And Dan, I know you're a fan of that song too. We've talked a lot about beach boys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you had to like re- make a list of like greatest album opening tracks, that would have to be close to the top. Yeah, I agree. Um, along with a lot of Beatles selections, along yeah. with a lot of Beatles selections. Well, Scott, let's continue going around for the 60s playlist. What's your next track? Yeah, I'm going to stick in 1965 here. I'm going with the McCoys. This is kind of a weird one. This is one of my guilty pleasures songs, but I love Hang On Sloopy. Like, I love that song. Just that 
that beat, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think Ohio State uses it, like, in, for their football games or whatever, because it's a fun one to sing, too, you know? Yeah. Like, when I just think of the 60s, I think of, like, fun, you know, cheery, poppy songs, and, like, I think that's a good, like, definition of it. It's nothing fancy. There's no crazy, like, guitar work. I mean, actually, actually, there is a pretty good good, good solo in it now that I think about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just it's just a fun song to sing. And like you can, I'm just driving in my car. I'll just blast that song every time it comes on. You know, there's you have those one songs where no matter where you're at, you're just going to crank it up. And I don't know. It just gets me in good mood. What do you guys think? Of Hang on, Sloopy. I love it. I, I heard it on. Go, uh, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say I, I love it, too. I love I love the, the, the kind of breakdown towards the end. Um, yes. it, it, it's awesome. And it's like um, a crescendo, like with the lyrics, like. He kind of goes slow. Then he's talking about her, like shaking it, shake it, shake it, shake it, and just like yeah. And then it builds, out. and yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 awesome. It's a great it's a great track. I was driving in the car the other day with my wife. I had '60s on six on, and she's a fan of that music, but not like I am. And that song came on. Hang on, Sloopy. And she normally doesn't sing along to that station that much, and even she started singing along because it's just such an infectious track. Mm-hmm. It so is. great selection. I I love it. Dan, what do you got? Um, so for my second track, I'm going, uh, uh, the beach boys and, uh, good vibrations. Okay. Um, great. I feel like if, if, uh, one of those songs that could kind of encapsulate a decade, um, especially the tail end of the sixties. Uh, and I just love, you know, the whole, uh, pocket symphony approach that, that Brian Wilson took to that. Um, and I also think it's awesome that, you know, there, I think it was recorded in two or three different studios, Scott. Yeah. Um, and, and you wouldn't know, it's just one, it's, it's, it's a seamless song, uh, taking what they did in, um, in pet sounds to the next level and, um, really makes you wonder, uh, what smile would have been like if, uh, if that actually got completed in, uh, in 67 there. Yeah. Scott, what are your thoughts on good vibrations? I don't think there's more I can say than what Dan just said. It's a, it's a great track. Like every time it just, it comes on the radio, you know, you just almost have to stop and just think about it. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's really good. Um, I would actually not my favorite beach boy song, um, which I don't know why it is. I think help me Rhonda is weird. Like that's my, that's my favorite one. I think though, which is really kind of a weird favorite, but, uh, I love good vibrations. Classic song. Dan, uh, that's such a, dynamic track with so many different sections and parts which one is your favorite part which one is my favorite part um you know it's the it's the the verses the initial verses the carl sung versus versus the in the beginning the i love the colorful clothes she wears and then um and then when it comes back in i close my eyes she must be closer now that those those verses are uh, are my favorite part i just yeah. love carl wilson's voice so uh I mean, that, that God only knows. Anytime Carl Wilson is singing something, uh, I love it. Smooth. I like that harmony, though. Yeah. They do like the da 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 Oh, man, so good. <laughs> Beach Boys and their harmonies. Mm-hmm. So my next track is a love song uh, that came out in 1965. It only went to, if I saw this correct, it only went to number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100. But I'm not, don't quote me on that. Hey, I have a book of all the songs on the Billboard mm-hmm. Hot 100, so I can check that for you. You're, you're my fact checker here. Yeah. <laughs> so the song is uh, by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. It's Ooh Baby Baby. And yes. Well, another one of my favorite tracks of all time. Uh, I love Smokey's vocal 
on that track. He has this perfect falsetto voice, which really comes through on that particular song. Uh, I'm a sucker for harmony. That's one of the reasons I chose Wouldn't It Be Nice. And the harmony by the other members of the Miracles really carry the track through. Lyrically, it's this very deep, emotional track. And I learned something that I never knew before when putting together this list, at least according to Wikipedia. John Lennon, when he wrote I Am the Walrus, Dan, you mentioned that a second ago, what he was uh, inspired by. Another thing he may have been inspired by, if this is true, is the lyric in Ooh Baby Baby, where Smokey Robertson goes, I'm crying. And John supposedly liked that phrase, I'm crying, and used it in I Am the Walrus. I mean, that makes sense. They love Smokey, so, you know, yeah. that makes total he, sense. Yeah, he did. Like, um, Sexy Sadie is, like, totally, like, a ripoff of another, like, miracle song. I didn't mm-hmm. – I'm trying to think. I, the song escapes me right now, but – Yeah, um, even this – even – yeah, even this boy is – you know, John is John even said in interviews him trying to do Smokey Robinson. Of course, they sang You Really Got a Hold on Me on Meet the Beatles yep. and With the Beatles. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Baby, Baby is my uh, second track. I love that song. Uh, how many of us have tried singing that like in the car by ourselves? Like that song is so I, hard. Just I have. And I, I realized something else, by the way, as we're talking already, despite the fact we've each only named two songs, about half of these or more have been already featured in the wonder years. <laughs> I can picture the scenes. <laughs> Ooh, baby, baby plays when Kevin sees Winnie at this ice skating rink and hang on. Sloopy plays when they're at a party. That's one of the tracks that uh, yeah. they're playing in the basement. That's, That's funny. That's, and I think Good Vibrations and also plays in there, too. So another One scene. random thing. Like, when you're listening to songs, like, on the radio, like, you just get excited when you hear something. But, like, that song hits me because I love that intro. It's just like a snare and a tom fill. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. I hear that, and I know, like, oh, yep, it's you, baby, baby. And I just I just get pumped. Like, I love it. It's great. And, and one last thing I'll say about it before we move on is that Lenny Kravitz actually does a really good version of it. And you could find that on streaming services. Type in Lenny Kravitz, Ooh Baby Baby. It's a really good version. Nice. I'm surprised. And Linda Ronstadt, of course, did a, did a very famous version. Awesome. Uh, Scott? Yep. So Off one thing you. I think about the 60s is um, like one-hit wonders. Like there were so many great one-hit wonders. Like I almost like just was going to give one as an example just to get like an 11th one in here, but I'm not going to. But uh, you guys might laugh at me with this one. This is like a really like thrown off one, but – this, uh, there's an artist named Len Berry who did a song called One Two Three, and I just love that drive, that beat, and the vocal is so good, like One Two Three, A B C, like oh my, I, there's something about that song. It's just a weird poppy one hit wonder kind of song, but it just uh, puts a big smile on my face when I hear it. It's like pure pop, pure perfection. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dan, what do you think about One Two Three? You know, I, that's one I haven't heard. I gotta check that out now. Check it out. It's a good track. I'm interested to check that track out. I first became aware of it from Mr. Holland's opus. It was in the film. That's, I heard I, it on the soundtrack. I, oh, it, it really is was. Okay. Okay. You're right. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. So but, it, yeah. It's embedded in my subconscious somewhere because I've, I've seen that movie a dozen times. So I, I've definitely yeah. heard it. Uh, Dan, what's your next song? My next song is uh, Painted Black by the Rolling Stones. Nice. Tell us why. Uh, I mean... Um, I love the drive. Uh, I love the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just love the sound of the sitar. Um, you know, this might be blasphemous, but the sitar in um, Norwegian wood is is incredible. First time I think it was it was ever played on a pop record. Um, I think Brian Jones on Painted Black um, takes it to the next level. You know, I think that line, the the sitar lines in that song are are incredible. Make the song. It wouldn't be. 
I think the song that it, it was without, without that, without that sound. It does give the track a very haunting type feel right from the very start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's good, dr- haunting, good driving too. song. Like a lot of these songs, like I, I can think of like a dozen movies that these songs are like featured in. And whenever I hear Painted Black, I think of this Kevin Bacon movie, Stir of Stir of Yep. And it's yes, featured yeah, in yeah, Giant, which is a haunting that. movie. It's a perfect song for it. It's not the Stones version that they play in the movie, but um, that, that is a great track. I love Painted Black. It's a great song. Great choice, Dan. And I love Charlie Watts' drumming on that song. Yeah, too. I was going to comment yes. Charlie Watts' mm-hmm. drumming. The and you know he probably showed no expression at all when he was playing. Oh, no, not at all, no. <laughs> Stone face through that whole thing. Um, even at the end, I like uh, um, Bill Wyman doing, like, you know, glissandos on the on the bass. Like, it's just nothing but just sliding on one string of it. It adds to the quality of the song. It's great. It's a great selection. One of the, one of the top Stone songs for me. Yeah, no doubt without about a doubt. Yeah, pro- probably definitely they're one of their best, uh, you know, pre 68, 69 songs. Did you it know, come out 67? 66. 66. Okay. Yeah, 66. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very good. Well, my next selection here also, I believe was a one hit wonder for this artist, but you hear it a lot on oldie stations. And that's, by, that's the song. Hello stranger by Barbara Lewis, which came out March, 1963, um, made the billboard top 10 when it came out. It's just to me this great song, great lead vocal by Barbara Lewis, also background harmonies, where she, you know, she'll sing, Hello, stranger. And then the background vocals will go, Ooh, another example of good harmony in the 60s. I just love the melody. Even as a little kid, I remember hearing that song on local, you know, WCBS FM in New York. My parents would listen to it and I would think, Oh man, that's a great track. Even as a kid, when I wasn't that into music, I could recognize it. And it's been covered by a lot of other artists. Uh, each one of them I, I like. There's something about this song which just resonates with me. Uh, also been featured in films and uh, been sampled a lot in EDM tracks and uh, hip-hop as well. So, hello, Stranger Guys. Do you, uh, are you familiar with the song, and what do you think? I'm not, actually, um, which is surprising to me. Like, I feel like I'm a – especially if it was like a top hit, you know, like I should know it, but I – I just jotted it down, to, and the thing, first thing I'm going to do after we're done here is look up Hello, Stranger. <laughs> Hello, Stranger. Good track. Dan, are you familiar with it? I am. I am. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just it, what it makes me think of is that uh, a lot of – there's a lot of tracks from, uh, you know, the early 60s, um, kind of pre-British invasion um, that don't get enough, enough credit. Um, and I think I would put that on, on, on the list. Yeah, now that's a good, good example of the track. If you YouTube it – You'll find a video of Barbara Lewis, maybe from the 90s, singing it on a cruise ship. It's kind of a weird video. But <laughs> I, like I, I like it. But anyhow, uh, let's turn it back over to you, Scott. What's your next selection? All right. So I'm going chronologically, like by year. Um, so I'm moving to 1967 now. And I'm glad you guys have had like the Beach Boys and Stones represented because I did not because I had this feeling that one of you two would. Um, another artist that I feel has to be represented in the sixties is one of my all time favorites, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. And that's Jimi Hendrix. Um, and I had a tough time coming up with a, a, the right song, but I went with red house. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with red, red house off of our experience, great blues track. Jimmy was not only just a great guitar player, but I thought, I think he was a great storyteller and red house is got some clever lyrics. It's a funny little story. And, um, gosh, I just, Jimmy had to be represented in this list, and I went with Red House. 
Great selection. And Dan, I know you're a big Hendrix fan. What's your take on, on the track? I love Red House. Red House is just a, an incredible, uh, a great uh, example of psychedelic blues. And um, I, I don't remember the lyric exactly, but there's there's a line in there about like, if I, my baby won't let me in. I, I know her sister will or yeah. something along those lines. <laughs> my baby won't love me no more. I know her more, sister will. I know her sister will. <laughs> that, I just always loved that. I was like, yeah, Jimmy. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. That whole last verse is, is fantastic. But I almost went with Wind Cries Mary. That's a, another classic Hendrix song for me. I, I kind of went back and forth on those two, but uh, just, just, just love Jimmy. I know Paul once was quoted to saying his ultimate band would be John Paul, George and Ringo and Jimi Hendrix as the, as the fifth member. And so you got to put, you got to put Jimmy in here. That would be a very interesting lineup right there. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's awesome. Got like you said, got to have Hendrix represented here. So I'm glad you chose that. Uh, Dan, what about you? What's your next track? Uh, my next track is uh, the Who. I can see for miles. Oh, I almost nice. chose that. I, I almost chose that. It's yeah. a great, great song. Tell tell us why you selected that. Um, I've always loved it. Um, I think it's a great, um, great psychedelic song. Um, I, I I think if you look at the Who's output, I, I, I read something where Pete Townsend said he feels that. Up until that point, that was the, the best uh, recording the Who ever made. And um, I think he's right. Up until that point, that was the height of their their work at the time. Is that on the Who Sell Out? Is that the It's on the Who Sell Out, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love that album. There's so many great That's tracks That's an incredible on album. I just yeah. love it. You, uh, Dan, your previous selection was Painted Black, which featured great drums. And again, you've chosen another song, which to me features amazing drums. Keith Moon's work on I Can See From Miles. Every time I hear it, I'm like, how did he do that? How did he keep that up, that pace? It's astounding. You know, uh, to me, it, 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 it's, it could be the, um, the quintessential Who song to kind of ex- understand how the band worked. Um, because you have, um, you know, you have Townsend who's carrying the rhythm. Car- Townsend's playing the drummer role. He's keeping the rhythm. Uh, and whistle is more of the lead player, you know, and, uh, and Keith Moon is like a jazz pianist. He's like the color guy, you know, he's filling in all this stuff in between. He's not playing the role of a, of a, of a typical drummer. I don't think he ever did, but no, it's the didn't. most evident. No, but it's the most evident on that track where he's not keeping time. He's just, you know, creating a, 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 a soundscape behind the rest of the band and Daltrey's vocals are incredible on that. Yes. I agree. To that point, probably the best he sounded. It's a dramatic track. That's it is a that dramatic was, track. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the song that when Paul McCartney set off to write Helter Skelter, he had seen in an interview Pete Townsend say that the Who just recorded the most rocking song of all time, and that kind of got Paul thinking, well, I'm going to beat that, and then he went and wrote Helter Skelter. Am I right about that? Yeah, that was, that was the song. Yeah. That was the song. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Great selection. Yeah, uh, great selection. So my next selection is one by Herman's Hermits. Oh, I almost did Herman's Hermits too. That's awesome. A lot of great Herman's Hermits, Hermits yeah. songs. And this one, uh, I did some quick research on it. I don't think they wrote this. I think it was a big music hall standard in England at the time. Uh, and that's, there's kind of a hush. Okay. Uh, I chose that uh, also song definitely featured in the wonder years. I could picture the scene in my head. <laughs> um, it's my favorite show of all time. So I, know that show very well but uh, peter noon's vocal is great i what i what i love about this track that always grabs me is the part where peter noon sings so listen very carefully and then there are these background strings that they bring into yes. the track it's a very mm-hmm. well produced song um and 
to me stands out in the Herman's Hermits library because they don't, I mean, I think they're a solid group. I think they had so many great hits, but that production on the track to me stands out. It's a, it's a beautiful track, good melody, nice lyrics, kind of poetic in terms of what it describes. Uh, a song that I, I never get tired of every time it comes on the oldie station. So, uh, Dan, what's your take on, on that song? I mean, I, I think that's a great choice. Um, I love the, uh, the, the string charts on that as well. And uh, a nice piece of trivia, the string charts on that track were written by John Paul Jones, later of Led Zeppelin fame. So Really? Yes. I had no idea. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. I, so this show's is, over. So this Nothing is, else to add. To yeah. we, we've so now this is so great about music. Like almost any song you have like a weird personal connection to that might just be personal to you. And kind of the hush. I have a funny story. Um, kind of a weird song to like sing to a granddaughter. But my father, my my dad, like used to sing that song to my daughter all the time when they would like watch her and she like wouldn't fall asleep or whatever. And my dad loves Herman Hermans. He loves kind of a hush, and he would just sing that over and over to her. And now, like, when my daughter's in the car and 60s on 6 comes on and she hears that song, she thinks, of like, oh, like, remember when Bapa would sing that song to me? Like, awesome. it's just funny, like, the connections you can make with music. That, that's a great story. That's really awesome. Uh, love that. Uh, Scott, what's your next track tonight? Uh, can, we, can we do our Beatles one yet? You can do it whenever you want. As a matter of fact, right. Dan, do you want to just do, are we at the point now where we'll just each mention our Beatles selection? We can, yeah, we can, make, we can get that out of the way. All right, All Scott, right. So let's start it off. What Beatles song so, did you choose? <laughs> not necessarily my favorite, but okay. it was just what I was in the mood for. Um, just absolutely love this track. I don't think it's like a super, like, I don't think anyone puts it like in their top 10 necessarily, but I could on any given day, really. And it's Baby, You're a Rich Man. I just love that track. Um, you know, Magic Mystery Tour is just loaded with great songs. You know, you like, oh, you had like the movie tracks and then you had the single tracks like at the front end. So like, you go to the side two and you got Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields. All you need is love. It's just completely loaded. But then, you know, second to last track, there you got Baby, You're a Rich Man. Not like a super popular song, but I just great psychedelic, great vocal by John. Like the, the whole, the, all the vocals are great. And it's just, it's a fun song. Like the lyrics are funny to me. And I just, I've, I've always loved Baby, You're a Rich Man. That's a great choice, Dan. Uh, as a fellow Beatles fan, what's your take on that song? When somebody mentions that song to you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? It's got a great groove. Paul's bass groove on it. I mean, it's, it's a feel record. You know, it's, it's kind of up there with like uh, some of your Motown tracks. It's got a great groove to it. Um, and, and I always love that uh, bizarre. I think it's, uh, it's actually uh, Brian Jones of the Stones. I think he's playing an oboe. That mm-hmm. that uh, that you know sounds like trying, an oboe. It does sound like an. It's either an oboe or a really distorted soprano saxophone, um, trying to emulate like an Indian uh, Indian flute. Um, I always love that part. It just makes the track more interesting. It's, I think it's a great track. I love "Baby, You're a Rich Man." It's just interesting lyrics. Like you keep all your money, <laughs> your big brown bag at the zoo. Like I don't know. <laughs> Great John lyrics on that song. <laughs> I love in the Beatles anthology when that song plays, they talk about how the band almost bought an, a Greek island in, I guess, 1967 yeah. around that time. Mm-hmm. And it shows them on a yacht trip, the group, while the song Baby, You're a Rich Man plays in the background. So it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Good good choice. Uh, Dan, what is your Beatles selection for the playlist? My, my Beatles selection is from the same year, uh, and it's uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I love the most about Strawberry Fields are, is John's lyrics. 
you know, uh, living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. And, um, just love the words to that song, but also, um, the production, you know, it's, it's, uh, probably, I, I would say it's probably one of the best songs to come out of the, the psychedelic era of the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. I love the anthology. Speaking of anthology, I love the versions on the anthology of that. Um, I think they, there's like a whole bunch of takes they have that they released mm-hmm. for the anthology. Those are so great. Um, I always think of cranberry sauce when I think of strawberry fields. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, it's a wonderful song. It's one of those legendary icons of sixties music. Um, Speaking of Strawberry Fields, the real Strawberry Fields has opened up a museum to the public. From what I understand, it's a small museum, but now you can actually enter the grounds, which you couldn't do before. So if you find yourself in Liverpool, go check that out. (laughs) Cool. Uh, But I do love that song. Uh, That psychedelia and perfect display right there. So my Beatles selection was a bit earlier than both of yours. Came out 1963 went to number one, and that's She Loves You. And I chose Solid She Loves song. You. Solid song. I chose it because, to me, even though when we think of Beatlemania here in the United States, the first song that comes to mind is I Want to Hold Your Hand, really from wh- what started Beatlemania in England, where they were from, was She Loves You. That was just this massive hit where pre-sales were through the roof. And it just captures, I think, this major step up in their own songwriting and in British music from that time in general. Um, classic song with the woos and all that stuff and the shaking the heads on stage so the oh, hair yeah. would move like crazy. It's a fun song. It's infectious. I love the way when you get to the end of the song with a love like that, you know you should be, and then there's a pause, and then they sing glad of this high note. It's just so, so good. I love it. But again, when we're talking about the Beatles... There's no bad selections. You can name any song and it would be right for the 60s playlist, right? So Absolutely. And I think uh, like she loves you. Like I love going back to like an intro, like Ringo's drumming. Doo, 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 doo. Like I feel like Ringo is so underrated. Like he is just he's such a solid drummer. He's so good at just keeping that rhythm and doing some pretty like unique things at that at during that time, you know. And I just feel like he doesn't get enough credit. And I think She Loves You is another great Ringo track as well. It's a good very true. Uh, it, it's it's a good point you make, and it's not always the first thing I notice about the track, but when I reflect upon it, I recognize that his drumming really is awesome on that. Uh, Dan, what do you, what's your take on She Loves You? Uh, I think She Loves You is a great track. I, I love what Scott brought up about Ringo's drumming. Um, you know, Ringo is definitely an underrated drummer, and I think one of the reasons why he's an underrated drummer is because he's not flashy. Um, but he's a songwriter's drummer. He plays his, his drumming is tailored to the song. Mm-hmm. And if you really take any song and you listen to what Ringo's doing, it's masterful how he's, he's working around the singers. He's working around, um, you know, the other instruments and some of the things that he does within the context of a song are incredible. Um, I mean, listen to in my life as an example, you know, what he's doing in that track, um, nothing flashy, but he's, working around uh the, the rest of the instrumentalists and, the, and and john's vocals in the song and doing some interesting things that if any other drummer were to play that they probably wouldn't do approach it the same way and it would take away from the song i i have a funny ringo drumming story um this is actually going to be my song because i love paul's bass line on it but um and so as a young kid like dear prudence was like hands down my favorite Beatles song and I just remember like telling my dad once like 
man, I think that's Ringo's best drumming song. And he was like, son, <laughs> that's not Ringo playing the drum on that track. That's Paul. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So that's Paul's best drumming song as a Beatle. That's, that's, yeah, that's Paul's best Beatles drumming song. Yeah. Right now I'm reading Peter Asher's book, The Beatles from A to Z, which I, I think you guys would love. Definitely read it. It's a great book. And one of the things he frequently writes about is his admiration for Ringo's drumming and how he does get overlooked when you think about the great rock drummers of all time. But uh, like you said, I can't remember if it was you, Scott or Dan who said it, uh, but he, his drumming is tailored to the song and he just brings his own skills to whatever the track is. And Peter Asher is obviously very well versed in music, so if he's saying it, it's got, it's got to be true, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, I mean, the introduction to "Come Together." Not many other drummers would have come up with that. No yeah. way. I want to hear all these songs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Scott, let's turn it back over to you. What's your next selection? All right. Um, so this band had maybe. It's funny their their name kind of suits how many hit songs they had. It's the Classic Four, Classics Four, and um, they had. Four really classic songs, in my opinion. Uh, but um, I thought I'd just threw them, throw them on here. It's a band I feel like you don't hear too often. And I love the song Every Day With You, Girl, by them. Um, really classic song. Uh, great melody. I just love the melody. We, we've talked about, a lot about melodies and harmonies yep. today. But um, I just I just love that vocal and that melody. Like the little, the, in, the intro instrumental is really good. It's just a classic 60s song, in my opinion. Love that track. It's, it's it's a beautiful song. There's nothing bad about it. Uh, we talk about pop perfection. That's pop perfection mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Uh, Dan, wh- uh, are you familiar with the track? What do you think of it? I, I am. I am. I think it's a, I think, you know, that's a tough classic sport choice. I mean, you have that, you have Traces, which is yeah. another great 60s track, Spooky, uh, which yeah. is another great Stormy. 60s track. <laughs> Stormy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're another very overlooked group. Well, I love that selection. That's an awesome choice. Um, Dan, what's your track? Um, my next track is um, the Birds version of Mr. Tambourine Man. Oh, okay. Nice. Great. Uh, I mean, I think you've got Dylan's lyrics, you know, which are incredible. And I do love the Dylan version, um, but I feel like, uh, you know, Mr. Tambourine Man, um, you know, that kicked off the whole genre of... Uh, a folk rock. Um, and, and I think I read somewhere, I forget who, who said it. Um, but, uh, they said that if, uh, if Roger McGuinn just played the first couple of bars of tambourine man and drop dead, he would have done more for, uh, popular music in the sixties. Um, then, uh, you know, that, that, that would, that would warrant him being in the, in the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, yeah. you know, Mr. It's a beautiful track, the harmonies, those birds harmonies with uh, with Roger McGuinn, David Crosby, Gene Clark um, together are, I mean, incredible. It's a great yeah, selection. Great pick, Dan. I'm glad you put the birds in there. That was a band like I kept going back and forth on. Do I put Eight Miles High or like you know something else out there? And uh, I'm glad you went with Mr. Tambourine Man. That and you threw in some Dylan in there too because uh, yeah, huge Kill two birds with one stone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen Bob Dylan in concert over the years? I have. I did, I yeah. Been. What tour was it on, Dan? Do you remember? I want to say it was like 2003 or 2004 mm-hmm. that I saw him. I saw him in Atlantic City um, okay. at the Borgata. Was that with Bron- – uh, he toured with Paul Simon, right? That was a tour. I remember that. 
This was, I think, a little before that, maybe. Great, great selection. The birds are great. Um, you have a lot of choices in the birds catalog that you could choose from. I, I almost chose their version of Turn, Turn, Turn to put on the 60s yeah. playlist, another Wonder Year song. Uh, but <laughs> I, I just didn't do it. But again, it could easily have gone on there. So I love that selection. Uh, my next track came out on December 21st, 1964. It went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It is a classic song, My Girl, The Temptations. You know, there's, why did I choose this track? To me, it's a song that never, ever gets old. Every time you put it on, you have so much that you can latch on to, whether it's the opening guitar chords, which are awesome, uh, the Temptations vocals on it, the way they hit the high notes. The ending of the song is my favorite part. I got sunshine on a cloudy day, my girl. Even got the month. It's like so good. Yeah. Written by Smokey Robinson, who also wrote the song My Guy by Mary mm-hmm. Wells. I didn't know that until recently. So he wrote My Girl and My Guy. And um, just love the song. Uh, it's such a standard. It's kind of like part of the fabric of music. But uh, Scott, what, what are your thoughts on, on My Girl? I love it. I've been in so many like bars and restaurants where that will come out and then I'll just, I can't snap my fingers, but I'll pretend like I can snap my fingers, like the start of it. And I'll just start serenading, serenading to my wife and daughter and they get so embarrassed. Um, tied this into Disney. I remember once um, me and um, a few buddies were at the Boathouse, great restaurant, by the way, love the yes. Boathouse. And the band, they had a band that was playing and like, we all got up and started, like all the guys just got up and started singing it to like, our wives like it's fun it's just a fun song to sing you know to your lady i love it's a great song it's awesome uh the boathouse is my favorite restaurant in the world by the way love that yeah place. i love boathouse uh dan what do you think of my girl um you've got me scrambling now because that was on my list so now i'm trying to trying to think of a replacement <laughs> why did you put it on your list originally what was it about it that made you choose it i grew up with that song it's one of my father's favorite songs so he played it all the time um but, you know, it's just uh, the harmonies, um, you know, uh, James Jamerson's bass line, um, the guitar riff in it. Um, and it's just an incredible track. You know, it's one of those it's one of those quintessential Motown tracks, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, think of another track. And uh, Scott, tell us what your next selection is. So my next one, uh, ironically, the Temptations are part of as well. <laughs> okay. Um, so one thing in the sixties, um, I really liked a lot of duets. So Marvin Gaye did a lot of great duets with like Tammy Terrell and then Sonny and Cher had some, I, I believe they're in the sixties, right? Yeah. It had some great duets. So, uh, one of my favorites, though, tied into Motown is I'm going to make you love me with Diana Ross and Supremes and the Temptations. That is yeah. just a fantastic soul Motown song. I love the back and forth between the Temptations and the Supremes. Um, lyrically, it's really great. It's got some some great blues. It's just a fantastic song. I always get a big smile on my face when that comes on the radio. Yeah, it's a great track. Uh, I first became familiar with that track on Michael McDonald's Motown 2 album. <laughs> he did a cover <laughs> yeah, of it, right. and I, I thought it was great. I was like, I, I don't know this song, and I Googled it and saw that it was Temptations and Diana Ross. Um, beautiful song. That's another great. tough one to sing, too. Like, ooh, baby, baby, like Smokey Rock. That is a tough song to sing right there. Very tough. Very tough. Uh, Dan, what's your thoughts on the track? Um, I grew up in a very, very musical family. So, um, I remember, uh, you know, my, both my parents sing, um, and on Friday nights when I was a kid, I, I remember we'd be in the, uh, in our, in our living room and we just, they just play records like all night and like dance and sing along to them. And, uh, that was one that they would play and duet together. 
So uh, I always great. have great memories of, of that track. Um, and uh, I, I try to sing all the parts when it comes on in the car. Um, not entirely successfully, but, you know, I do my best. Yeah. I could do like that first start, like, I'm going to do all the things. Like, I can hang with that. But then when you get to like, every minute, every hour, like, man, that's so good. Like, it's good. Yeah. Great. I was, great I was once at a, I, I guess you call it a party, but like a luncheon with a lot of people and Diana Ross was there and somebody that I was talking to knew her. And she said to me, do you want to meet Diana Ross? And stupidly I said, no, how ridiculous <laughs> is that? How often are we going to be asked uh, the question, do you want to meet Diana Ross? And you say no to that. That's like saying no to meeting Stevie wonder or something like that. What a, yeah. what a it's a ridiculous yeah. move on my part. That's foolish. I had Stevie Wonder <laughs> on my list too. He was a late scratch. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, there's, there's too many great artists and songs in the sixties. You you could make a Motown list and just oh. have oh another yeah. show Scott oh. Dan, what's your next selection? Um, my next selection is going to be "Somebody to Love" by Jefferson Airplane. Ooh, great track! Nice. And why did you choose yeah. that? Always loved uh, loved the track. Um, Grace Slick's vocals. Um, it's a great meld of you know the psychedelic and the folk rock. Uh, just uh and, and to me it's another track that just embodies the 60s like if you were going to say you're going to name a song that that just rang of 1960s it's one of those songs yeah scott you what's your take on somebody um somebody to love yeah it's a great song um going back to like movies and pop culture i always think of the cable guy <laughs> that song. I don't know if you guys remember that movie with Jim yeah Kelly. oh yeah <laughs> Um, no, it's a great song. I think that's a great uh, representation of the '60s to throw that type of song out here. Um, it's just, you know, speaks to the time for sure. Um, it, it, it's a bad for the song. It's a great, great rock song. Wasn't there a promo video made for that song in the '60s? That classic psychedelia, you know, got the hippie dress on Grace Slick and just these flowers. Am I right about that, Dan? Is that? Yeah, I think that was actually like from one of their performances, either on. Ed Sullivan or one of the other shows. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's got they're doing that like kind of like that liquid light, you know, uh, uh, presentation in the background. And yeah, yeah. There's def- there there is a video. You probably find it on YouTube. Sure, absolutely. Great, great choice. And and, and Grace Slick was was not difficult to look at either. No, <laughs> that's right. True. <laughs> so for my next song. When I researched this, I saw it came out in February of 64, so the same month that the Beatles arrived in America. I was surprised to see that it only went to number 31 on the Billboard Hot 100. I would have thought it went higher. And that's a song by Sam Cooke, and it's A Change Is Gonna Come. And the reason I put it on the playlist is because, one, I'm a big Sam Cooke fan, and two, it captured so much of the tensions in the 1960s, the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and uh, the efforts for equality. Uh, it's a song that's timeless. So whenever you see struggles going on in our world today, which have unfortunately continued, it's a song where the lyrics can speak to that moment. And earlier tonight, while I was grilling my food outside, I was listening to the track on my headphones and I thought to myself, man, this vocal by Sam Cooke, I mean, he, we know he was a great singer, but he's just such a, beautiful smooth vocal his voice was impeccable and with a great arrangement on the track and so it's a wonderful wonderful song um that's that's my next selection so guys what do you think of a change is going to come that's a great selection i feel like sam cook just doesn't get enough recognition i don't think um great great vocalist um 
you can go through like a greatest hits album of his and just like from start to finish, it's just loaded with great gems. Um, so, I mean, it's difficult to come up with the Sam Cook song like you did here, but you did it. You did a fabulous job. You hit it out of the park. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. And Dan, I know you're a Sam Cook fan. We've talked about that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's such an inspirational song. It really embodies the civil rights movement at the time. Um, makes me sad sometimes to listen to for a couple of reasons. One, because, uh, you know, we haven't, come as far as maybe we could have or should have come. Um, and also, you know, the positive change that has happened since then, you know, Sam Cook didn't get to live to see that, you know, right. and, and, uh, yeah. and that, that's always a, and I, and for some reason I think, I think of that when I listen to that song, you know, that, that kind of resonates with me. Right. Absolutely. Did you, did you guys ever watch that Buddy Holly story movie with like Gary Busey Gary. And, <laughs> and Sam Cooke is in there too. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, I always think of like Sam Cooke with that movie for some reason. I don't know why, but the Buddy Holly story, man, I love Buddy Holly too. We can't find him in here I mean, though. I know no, something. No, I, I thought of something just now that I was trying to remember earlier. And uh, Scott, you had mentioned the song Dear Prudence. And I was thinking to myself, what did I read about Dear Prudence in this Peter Asher book? And I, now I remember, because you mentioned Buddy Holly. Apparently, John liked the lyric from um, Raining in My Heart, the Buddy Holly song, where Buddy Holly sings, the sun is up, the sky is blue, it, it, whatever the word is. Yeah. And John took that phrase and altered it just a tiny bit in Dear Prudence. Uh, the it's same, amazing, like how mm-hmm. genius the Beatles were, but how influenced they were. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just... Yeah. They heard something, they liked it, and they they rolled with it. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I love that song, Raining in My Heart by Buddy Holly and the Crickets. That's such an awesome, awesome song. Yeah. I wanted to be Buddy Holly when I was young. <laughs> like, I love <laughs> Buddy Holly so much. Listen, throw a pair of glasses on and write your own songs, and... Uh... There we go. So, Dan, I guess we're up to you. Right? No, it's Wait, to me who? now. Oh, oh, to me. No, Scott, yeah. yeah. All right, so we okay, all yeah, go seven ahead. tracks, so we're down to, like, our final three here. These weren't in any order, and obviously, like, they're not, like, our top 10, 60 songs by any means either. Um, this next song from 68, really love it. I think it ended up being a number one song too. Um, Tommy James has his own show now on Sirius XM too. I love Tommy James and Shondells. I went with crystal blue persuasion. Just, that. I almost chose that. Yeah. It's Did great you really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great track. I think it's on the Crimson and Clover album, which, um, yeah, I almost went with that track too, actually, but crystal right. blue just hits more home to me. I love the. I love the intro. Like it's like soft and peaceful, great acoustic guitar. Um, is it acoustic? Um, yeah. Anyway, great guitar part, just great lyrics. Um, awesome song. What are your thoughts, Scott? I just love that track, and it's I. Um, it's peaceful. It's a peaceful track to me. <laughs> I'm trying to now as I'm I'm trying to play it in my head, and I'm getting confused between Crystal Blue Persuasion and um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a late night. <laughs> what, what's the song you just you just chose? Crimson and Clover and oh, no, great. So, and I, no, you chose yeah. Crystal Blue Persuasion. You mentioned Crystal yeah, Clover. Yeah, I chose Crystal Blue. Yeah. Yeah. So what I love about this uh, Crystal Blue Persuasion is da 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 da. It's so good. Dun, 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 dun. Like those chords are so good. Yeah. The guitar do 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 do. I don't know. It's a well written song. It's an awesome song. Uh, his story is fascinating. If you hear any interviews with Tommy James and his music career, it's really unbelievable stuff. Uh, it's a, it's a track that is sort of this combination of sixties pop with hints of psychedelia as well. Yeah. Um, it's a great, great selection. I, I fully accept and approve 
yeah. of that I choice. The bongos, I, myself. The, I mean, the percussion in that song, like, I could just go on with, with it. What are your thoughts, Dan? Are you a big do you like I mean, song? I like that song. Underrated track. You know, I feel like uh, if, I, if I'm if i going to pick Tommy James' uh, songs, um, it's Crystal Blue Persuasion, Crimson and Clover. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, don't get the credit that they deserve. You know, most... Yeah. You you say his name to people and it's uh, I think we're alone now in Moni Moni, yeah, you know that's Yankee or something like that. Right, right. So um, definitely uh, underrated songs, great songs. Yeah. Awesome. That's also another one to your song. I kind of remember a scene where Kevin is in his bedroom with Paul hanging out, and that track is playing in the background. And that's kind of there's part of that song that makes me think of a per it's a perfect background music to just hang out and chill. It's just laid yeah, back and relaxed. Song, and, yeah. yeah, chill song. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, what's your next track? Um, so my next track is, um, is, is daydream believer by the monkeys. Oh, sweet. Nice. Great. Yeah. Um, I threw the monkeys in there. Um, you know, for, for all of the criticism that they get for being a manufactured band, um, you know, I think they put out some great pop songs of the Mm sixties. Um, I think if you look at one of those perfect pop songs of the sixties, daydream believer is, uh, is one of those songs. Um, yeah, a great song, great arrangement, um, great vocal by Davy Jones. Um, and actually the arrangement was Peter Torx. You know, a lot of people don't give them a lot of credit. They were, they were musicians. Um, they just weren't allowed to play on their own songs for the first two albums. And then after that, they were allowed a little bit more freedom, but, uh, Peter Torx arranged that song. That's him playing the piano on daydream believer. He came up with the arrangement. Um, and again, uh, you know, they, they get, they don't get enough credit as I think that they deserve as far as being great vocalists and uh, not being that, that bad of a band. And for also doing things that other bands were doing at the time, you know, they get criticism for only singing on tracks while the wrecking crew were playing the, the, uh, the instruments. Well, the beach boys were doing that from yes. uh, most yeah. for most of the sixties. Yeah, so. For sure. They were already yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. Another thing about the monkeys that really stands out. And Dan, I, you may have just mentioned this. I'm sorry if you didn't, I'm, I'm, I missed it. The multi-vocalists. You had many people in there that mm-hmm. could sing a great lead track. That's not something most bands had. I mean, some of the 60, other 60s groups like Beach Boys or Beatles did. But Mickey Dolenz could sing. Davy Jones obviously could. Uh, Nesmith, Nesmith, Michael Nesmith. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, love that selection. Love that track. And I'm yeah. glad to see the Monkees get mentioned tonight. I think they deserve and they were, it. And they were entertaining yeah. as heck. Like that, Those two seasons of their TV show were so great. Like I love watching mm-hmm. those. And that's why I think it's good to put them in this list because they were like a big impact with their with their TV show too, you know? Like, yeah, definitely. Very true. One of my favorite monkey songs is the song She. I love oh, that I love track. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great yeah, song. A great that could have gone on the list tonight. That Oregon. Ooh. Yep. So uh, let's see. My next selection tonight is another harmony song. Another song that went to number one came out in 1966. Uh, and that's Cherished by the Association. Oh, great track. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Association, one of those groups that you often heard on the oldie station. Usually you'd hear the song Cherished. That would be the go-to track. But they had a lot of other big hits. One, you know, Windy, Never My Love. Everything That Touches You is a song that didn't get played a lot. And if you go to their greatest hits, there's quite a few that are really good. But Cherish is a standard. Uh, the harmonies are beautiful. It's a great love song. Uh, an amazing arrangement on the track. That may have been the reason I chose it. The way that the vocals are put together, 
throughout the whole song, but particularly as it nears its finish and you have this alternate between the lead vocal and the, what the background harmonies do. Uh, I love that track. It never gets old. It's a, it's a perfect song. Uh, Scott, your take on, I know you're an association fan. What's your yeah, take on Cherish? I believe that's off their first album where it's like the associated inter- introduced. I, I forgot what the name of the album is, but there's a lot of good deep tracks on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cherish, beautiful love song, great ballad. Um, Scott, you are into the harmonies tonight. And I think that's, that was a big piece <laughs> of the 60s. Like you had these great harmonies and great songwriting. And that's Cherish's, it just hits on all of those. It's a great yeah, song. Yeah, it's a beautiful track. Uh, Dan, what's your take on uh, the association and on, and on Cherish? I feel like the association is another great underrated group of the 60s um, that more people should appreciate. Um, Love Cherish would be interested to see um, how many people that was their wedding song from, uh, you know, people that were married in the late sixties. Um, how many people, you know, danced their first uh, song as a married couple to cherish my in-laws. And I've heard the story before when they first met the first song, they, they met at a dance. And the first song they danced to was cherished by the association. <laughs> it, it's awesome. also another wonder year song, by the way, I think, uh, of course, as we're talking tonight about these selections, I realized something that I hadn't thought of when I was putting this list together, which is Cherish came out 66. Wouldn't it be nice? Also on my list came out 1966. When you just stop and think about it, both songs went to number one in the same year. What it, it shows you how amazing the music of the sixties was that in the same year you have two songs as beautiful as that go to number one. I, I'm a fan of a lot of music today. I listen to a lot of current artists more than probably a lot of others that listen to the sixties music do. Uh, but you don't see stuff like that overall. It's yeah. it's just a very distinct decade. I mean, it's really an unbelievable yeah. selection of music. Oh, yeah. Great selection. Scott, what's your uh, number nine selection tonight? Again, no, right. no, no particular order. This is random order, but yeah. go ahead. And talk. Actually, this is the song that I thought of first I was going to put on here. Because um, it's like a, a song I listen to quite often. Um, it's not like a favorite song of mine. But like when I go for like a walk, especially like in the spring, the summer, the fall, it's like one of the first songs I'll listen to on a morning walk. And it's by the Rascals. You know, they're on Ed Sullivan a lot. I, I, I love the Rascals. Um, and it's a beautiful morning. I think it's a beautiful song um, with the wind chimes to start the track. And then like that vocal. And we go back to harmony. There's some great harmonies in this track as well. It's just yes. a, it's an uplifting song for me. It gets me motivated in the morning, especially if it's a nice, beautiful morning. You know, hence the, <laughs> the main title, the lyric of the song. But uh this is just a great, great track for me. It puts me in a good place. Dan, what's your take on this selection? I'm a big Rascals fan. Uh, this is another group that I grew up with. Um, incredible, incredible band. Uh, great singers. Um, it's a beautiful morning. It's, it's, it's another one of those nostalgic tracks for me. Um, I, I had a hard time uh, getting up for school uh, when I was a kid. Um, and uh, my father's remedy uh, for that was to blast that song. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and that, that's how that's how he chose to get me up. Be the Rascals' best song, like like people got to be free, like grooving, good luck. There's I mean, so many, so many great songs, so many great songs. Um, how can I be how sure? Can I, is another how can one? I be sure? Yeah, yeah. grooving, uh, so many wonderful songs. But uh, I mean, especially on a spring day, I, I can't tell you how many how many uh, how many days when the weather first starts getting nice. You know, I've driven in the car, put that song on, and rolled the windows down and yeah, that's me soaked it in. <laughs> yep. That's totally me with that song. Yep. What about you, Scott? It, it's a great uh, song. And my, I, I love the way in the song that it just builds up. 
and just builds up, builds up into this burst of excitement. I love that track. And going back to like a movie, have you guys seen Kingpin with like Woody Harrelson? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I never mean, saw not, it, but I'll, I'll check it out. It's yeah. not your typical beautiful morning. Like when you, when that scene is like a kind of like a joke of a song to be playing for a certain scene. But I think of that movie, which is kind of funny, but awesome selection. Awesome. Thanks. Dan, go ahead. Um, so my, my next selection is, uh, the Moody blues nights in white satin. Oh, great choice. Oh, great song. Uh, beautiful song, uh, wonderful, wonderful vocals. Um, melds the rock band with the orchestra flawlessly and uh just uh just an incredible track and uh we talked about cherish being you know how many people dance to that at their weddings and i feel like uh nights in white sound was probably one of the top uh prom songs probably through most of the late 60s early 70s and uh and on a great album days of future past is uh one of the one of the standout albums of the 60s and one of the first concept albums and uh, one of the first, I guess, uh, orchestral rock, Baroque pop albums led into prog rock in the 70s. Um, Moody Blues were a great band. Dan, I, I'm, I mean, I'm familiar with a couple of the Moody Blues songs. I'm not intimately familiar with their work. Was Denny Lane, I know Denny Lane was in the Moody Blues. Was he on that track, do you know? No, Denny Lane was uh, in the band in uh, the, when they first started. He had left by that point, Justin Hayward, who wrote Nights in White Satin, was his replacement. Okay. Yeah, well, that's going to be my comment. You were talking about Wings Over America earlier, uh, Scott, and like then we got Go Now, Moody Blues is played on yeah. that track. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. love love that song. Moody Blues is a band that you, I think it's overlooked, Dan. Um, yeah, definitely. Often. Yep. And that Days of Future Past, that album you were playing, like there's so many deep cuts on that record. Um, really, really good, uh, really good album of the 60s. Good, good choice. Do you know? Uh, do you know offhand what year that came out? That track. Sixty. I want to say that was sixty. Sixty-six. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah. Interesting. Me, you know, I, I have to. I have to double check that because um, it's one of those, like those tweener albums. Um, you know, it came out in that between that sixty-six, sixty-seven period. Right. Sixty-six, right. sixty-eight period. Yeah, it's a great track. Uh, love that song. Uh, love the sound of it. It's a very unique sound. Yeah. Um, it's 67. 67. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great choice, Dan. Uh, I, I was going to mention another song first because it's literally the order I wrote it down. But Scott, since you mentioned A Beautiful Morning, uh, my selection is a song that was mentioned that's Groovin' by the Young oh, Rascals. That's all um, nice. Came out April 1967 as a single before it appeared on an album. Went to number one. Uh, kind of has a very similar, it's a different sound. It's a different melody, of course, but a kind of a similar way it makes you feel to a beautiful morning that it just puts you in a good mood. It's light, it's breezy, it's very chill, it's relaxing. Um, I, I love it. I mean, there's, it's just, again, I think I'm a softie for the melodies. I, I go for melody. It's a, And all these songs we're mentioning tonight have great melodies. That's one of the strengths of the music of the 1960s. But um, this song in particular, it's, it's a pop track and, uh, it comes across that way. Um, there's a great live version of it. Ringo released a compilation many years ago of performances from his all-star band tours and Felix Cavalieri, Cavali- Cavalieri was yeah. with him on one of his tours and sang Groovin. And it's a great version that oh, goes on man, for I about bet. four to five minutes. So check it out if you haven't heard it. 
Um, Scott, uh, what's your take on Groovin? Love Groovin. Um, I easily could have put that over a beautiful morning. Uh, I, I'm glad we both had a rascal song. That, that's, that's really cool. I think. Yes. Um, one funny story for me with Groovin, um, love the song. I've heard the song so many times and there's a part in like one of the verses where you hear like this clicking, like tapping noise. And I always like wondered what that was. And like, this is back when I was a younger kid. And I was watching some old Ed Sullivan shows with my dad one day, and the, the Rassels were on there, and they played Groovin'. And then I finally got to see what it was. It's the drummer. He's, like, playing, like, the, the congos, but he takes his drumsticks and just hits um, – hits. he's just hitting on the side of them, like, wow. that little break, which is like, oh, that makes complete sense. Like, that's what that was. Very um, cool. But lyrically, melody, um, just – just love it. Uh, I think there's like a misunderstood lyric a lot in that song. Like the life would be ecstasy. Yes. <laughs> you and me and Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, that's true. Or it'd be extra sweet. Maybe. I don't know that way. I don't know, <laughs> but awesome song. Great choice. Thank you. And, and Dan, uh, I know you're a fan of that track. What, what are your thoughts on Groovin? Um, I mean, so many great rascal songs. It's such a chill track. Mm. You know, that's just, uh, one of those kickback, right? That's, that's a beach track for me or a short track. You know, you just like sit out with like a, you know, a drink and put that on and just, just chill. Yep. So of course, one of the lyrics is grooving on a Sunday afternoon. I was thinking to myself, Scott, you're a Detroit Lions fan. Dan, you and I are Giants fans. We have not been grooving. No, we, no, no, we do not groove. <laughs> Far from it. No, <laughs> that's a good one. And Scott, you're not grooving on Thanksgiving either. <laughs> When no. the Lions go me and never win. No, the schedules just came out. We had the Texans this year, which is interesting. We normally play the Bears or Packers or someone in that division usually. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it makes you feel better. The Giants open the season on Monday Night Football, hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> the the Lions and um, Giants met one year to start off on Monday Night Football. What rather recently? I think within like the last five years or so. Mm-hmm. That was a fun game. Well, um, let's hope I, for I think football. We're doing our last selections, gentlemen. Wow. Uh, yeah. We're, yeah. We're this is it. Number one. 10. Yeah. So I would just want to say, Scott, this is a fun exercise. Anytime you want to do more of these or whatever, like sign me up. This has been a lot of fun. This has been a lot yeah. of fun in my mind. I was actually thinking we could do part two sixties and then we could do other decades as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we got yeah, definitely. Part 20 sixties. Our top 10 <laughs> songs are the 1870s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so for, for my next one, it's a band that's probably more known for the seventies. I'm thinking, um, I don't know. I think it's a band that gets overlooked a lot. And I told you guys earlier, like I had my buddy kind of do this exercise too. Cause I know he's a big music fan. He actually picked a song by, by this band as well. He went with the B side actually. And I went with the A side and that's uh, laughing by the guess who, um, I, I really like the guess who I think they're overlooked quite often. Everyone just thinks like American woman, but they had so many great songs like these eyes laughing undone, which was the B side. Yeah. But uh, I love that baseline to laughing. Um, so good. Um, probably not like their best song really, but I just, I don't know. It just clicks to me. It's a good, good melody, good baseline. Um, just, just a great song. And it's a good way to wrap up the sixties. It was in 1969 kind of moving into 1970 right there is late 69 actually. So, Mm-hmm. Good way to wrap up the decade. You know, the Guess Who are one of those bands. I know their hit songs, uh, and I, I'm a fan of those hit songs. I don't know much beyond that. So I think one of the things I'm going to do is take this opportunity and this discussion tonight to listen to more of the Guess Who. Nice. So that's a great, great choice. And I'm going to listen to Hello, Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on uh, the Guess Who? 
and 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 still I love laughing. I love the Guess Who. Um, and again, they are one of those underrated bands. I do think uh, Scott's right. People think of them more of a 70s band because um, the first thing they go to is American Woman and, you know, it's mm-hmm. a 70s track. Um, but those 60s tracks, um, um, Laughing, Undone, These Eyes. Um, no Time is just, another one. No Time is another one. Yeah, incredible no songs. Right. Uh, Burton Cummings has an incredible voice and Randy Bachman. You know, they were a great group. Great group. Yeah, because I led into BTO, which is another great like 70s band that I think is yeah. overlooked all the time. <laughs> Definitely. Great selections tonight, Scott. Wonderful choices by you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Dan, what do you got for your number 10 tonight? My number 10 is um this was tough because I was I was trying to go with my uh my uh my you know which psychedelic blues rock band group I was going to go with. And it was either, you know, Jimi Hendrix or the cream. Um, I went with cream sunshine of your love. Oh yeah. Um, nice. Which is just, you know, um, one of, I mean, as, as, as a guitar player, um, you know, my father was big into the cream when I wanted to play guitar. Um, first thing he did was like brought me down to the basement and put on, uh, Disraeli gears, um, made me listen to that. And um, first song I learned to play, one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar was Sunshine of Your Love. Mm-hmm. Um, they wrote it as a tribute to Jimi Hendrix. Um, it's an incredible riff. Uh, great drumming by, by Ginger Baker. Uh, great vocal interplay uh, by Jack Bruce and Eric Clapton. And, um, and Hendrix actually loved it so much, he, he played it to end um, a TV appearance um, in, on one of the British shows. I'm not sure if it was Top of the Pops or... One of them actually ran uh, ran over time, uh, jamming out on it, um, yeah. and he played it actually for in honor of Cream when they broke up. But uh, just a great uh, rock track of the of the sixties, um, blues rock, early proto metal, incredible. Scott, what's your take on Sunshine of Your Love? Oh, it's a classic. That album, Israeli Gears, is just loaded. Um, I'm glad you put some Cream in here because they only they were short lived too. Like they only had like two or three. Yeah. I mean. All those guys just wanted to go do their own thing. I mean, they're so talented. Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, and all Clapton, obviously. I'm um, glad you put a cream in. That was one band I was struggling with. Like, I really wanted to represent them here. And same with the Doors. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what your last pick is, Scott, but like, like none of us like picked the Doors tonight. None either. of us like, picked I'm the Doors. A, I'm not a huge like hardcore Doors fan, but like, there's definitely some classics there. Um, then they definitely made a you know a voice in the '60s, but. Uh, with Sunshine of Your Love, I always think of the movie Goodfellas when I hear sure. it too. I don't know if you like, it's like Goodfellas, like Robert De Niro and that like slow shot, you know. Um, that is just a, it's just a classic rock song. I mean, that is when you think of like classic rock, that's one of the first songs that come to my mind is uh, Sunshine yeah. for Your Love. Just a mm-hmm. great, great track. Great guitar riff, obviously, like we've been talking about tonight. Uh, legendary song. Um, I have nothing to add based on, you know, beyond anything you guys said, it's, it is a wonderful track yeah. and a classic sta- a sta- yeah. a classic rock standard. It really one, is one of the most noticeable, like intros, you know, like, yes. like mm-hmm. you hear that and you, everyone, I mean, you could just not really, you might not know it's cream, but you, you didn't recognize that song. Anyway. For sure. Without a doubt. Yep. So, uh, my, uh, and Dan, by the way, just like with Scott, you had great selections tonight. I mean, all these tracks Thank are you. amazing. Um, before I announce my last track, one thing that stands out about these selections tonight, only one Rolling Stone song, and that's Painted Black. And the only reason I say that stands out is because when we think of the 60s, the Stones are such a yeah. huge presence, and we love the Stones. We love their yeah. albums. We love their singles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that, that only one of us chose a Stone song, and that was Dan with Painted Black. But 
My well, last know, song- we were only limited, only limited to ten. If we had I twenty, know. yeah, we would have had <laughs> more. <laughs> Doors would have gotten in there, you know. Yeah. That's true. Would I did think about more? choosing Light My Fire. That was a song I gave strong consideration to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the well, song I did... It's funny, got, though, that we got two Beach Boy songs, which makes sense, and but two Rascal songs. Like, how did the Rascals like, get two songs? Yeah, it's funny. It's yeah, That's interesting. But anyhow, the song that I chose is... Uh, uh, it kind of... I, in my mind, I sometimes get confused with Hello, Stranger in this song, because... Both have a female lead vocal. Both of the lead singers are named Barbara. This is a song that came out in May of 1965, went to number five on the Billboard Hot 100 by Barbara Mason. Yes, I'm Ready is the name of the track. And I chose this song uh, because I think it's a it's a it's actually a very sexy song. That's that's the word I would use to describe it. It's lyrics talk about something that's sensual, uh, but the way the performance is delivered, particularly in the latter half of the song, there's real yearning in the lead singer's voice. It's a very emotional performance. It's a great melody. Um, it's been done by several other artists in the R&B genre. They, there's a lot of good cover versions out there. Uh, Jeffrey Osborne did a great version of it not too long ago. Um, it's just, to me, one of those songs I remember hearing a lot on the oldie stations. And uh, that's the song I chose. Are, are you guys familiar with Yes, I'm Ready? I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, not either. Scott. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's that's another that's another one for me to check out. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be your new stuff we love on the next podcast appearance. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. You guys may recognize it as soon as the song starts because it's uh, it's it, it, you may recognize it. Um, you and your Barbara's like I didn't know either one of those songs tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barbara Streisand. See, it's what was when did Barbara Streisand start recording? In the sixties. Seventies. Oh, I don't know. Sixties. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll text my mom. She'll know. She'll know the answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> By the way, yeah, uh, one comment I also though. wanted to make, which I gave some thought to when I was making my list. You know, when we think of Barbara Streisand, we think of the Great American Songbook and standards that she would perform. I gave some thought to choosing a Sinatra track for this playlist because Sinatra had so much great stuff come out in the sixties. And I guess I chose not to because I kind of stuck more to the rock, R&B, pop genre. But it's another thing that to me shows why the 60s are the greatest decade of music is that you didn't just have rock and R&B and so forth, but you had people like Sinatra, uh, Tony Bennett, and, and these other legendary, the, the, the Mount Rushmore of vocalists were releasing stuff. And all this would be on the radio. That's something I hear a lot from people that grew up in the 60s is and, and be in the top charts. It's that you didn't just have the pop songs of the moment, but you might have Broadway songs that were coming out at the time, yeah. Sinatra tracks, and then Beatles would be mixed in with that. It's a pretty interesting exercise to go back and look at what made the top charts from this time and see what was successful. Yeah. I was going to say that too, Scott. So, um, my buddy that I had to do this exercise, big Disney fan. And speaking of like, you know, not pop songs, but he went like the soundtrack route and had a Mary Poppins song on his list, which I thought about doing too. Like, I thought that was a great idea, actually. Yeah. Shout out to my buddy, Georgia, if you're listening. Yeah, that's very mm-hmm. true. Um, Mary Poppins had great songs. I mean, so many yeah. standards that uh, if I was choosing one for Mary Poppins, I would choose Jolly Holiday. It's my favorite song from uh, Mary Poppins. But, uh, let's, there, go fly a kite, but. let's go fly a kite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan, what's your favorite song from Mary Poppins? What's my favorite song from Mary Poppins? Um, yes. Spoonful of Sugar. Great track. Uh, good one. 
but I had the same issue you had, Scott. I mean, I was I was looking. I mean, when I was going through this, I, I mean, "Strangers in the Night" came to mind um, as a song to put on it. Uh, it's not unusual. Tom Jones. There were a couple, right? That, oh, you know, yeah. maybe people That's wouldn't think of right away, but you know, were big hits in the '60s. Yeah. I was doing a spinning class the other day and they played It's Not Unusual as the spinning song, which is not something you'd expect, but actually worked very well. <laughs> um, guys, in the interest of making sure my computer doesn't run out of power because it's not plugged in and I'm, I'm losing power, uh, I'm going to turn now, if it's okay with you guys, to the Stuff We Love segment for tonight. Sure. Sounds good. Uh, before we begin, let me just quickly say this was a great discussion and I'm, I had a lot of fun talking about this stuff. Makes me want to listen to more music. That's for sure. For sure, um, music is like it's music will always be timeless. I think the music of the '60s, anyone can like it. Like it was just a unique decade where it doesn't matter if you were born and just you know, like my daughter who's 12 years old, she loves listening to '60s music. I was born in the '80s and I love '60s music. Like anyone can enjoy music from the '60s. Yes, absolutely, I agree with that. Uh, Dan, so we're going to begin the Stuff We Love segment. This is where we each mention something that we're into right now. It could be a song, a band, a movie, TV show, and so forth. What's your Stuff We Love for tonight? Um, so st- my Stuff We Love for tonight is cool. We're talking about the 60s and 60s related. Um, I've been listening a lot to a um, another underrated performer, songwriter of the 60s, uh, listening to uh, a lot of Laura Nero recently. Um, who some people aren't familiar with. They don't know her, but they know her song. She wrote, um, uh, And When I Die, um, which was done by Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Yeah. Right. Um, Wedding Bell Blues, which was the uh, the Fifth Dimension. Great song. Um, Almost Stone made Soul. my list. I love that song. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Stone Soul Picnic. So many songs that she wrote. Um, and uh, incredible singer-songwriter. She inspired a lot of other uh, songwriters of the time. Um, big inspiration on Todd Rundgren. Um, and his work in the seventies, um, just, uh, just a really, really great songs, uh, great singer songwriter. Um, and again, very underrated. So if you haven't listened to her stuff, definitely something to check out. And I always love hearing, um, you know, the work of songwriters that write for other artists, hearing their versions of the song. The same thing with like Harry Nilsson, um, who wrote so many songs for other artists. It's, it's cool to listen to his versions to see you know, the originals and, and, and uh, what they're all about. So great choice, sure. Dan. That's awesome. I found a very interesting Harry Nilsson, like cover song of a Beatle. Remember I sent that to you, Scott, not that yes. long ago. Like it was bizarre. He like incorporated like 10 Beatle tracks into one. Like it was pretty yeah. awesome. Actually. It was, you can't, you can't do that. Right. That was yeah. the song that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott, what's your stuff we love tonight? So I'm rewatching a show from the early two thousands. It's um not, kid friendly, not kid friendly by any means. Um, so don't go, you know, start, if you want to watch the show, don't start watching from your, you know, small children. But, uh, I don't know if you guys watch this HBO show called the wire back in the two thousands. Um, I, I didn't, but I know people love it. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's on Amazon prime right now. Um, so you can just watch it for there. I, I own the DVDs, but I'm to the point in life, Scott and Dan, where like, I'm so lazy to hook up the DVD player, the Blu-ray player to get the DVDs out. I'd rather <laughs> just like hit a button and watch it, you know? Yes. But, um, it's, um, you know, it, it doesn't, the technology in that show does not, um, you know, age great. Like, because they're using pagers and like beepers and like these flip phones. But, um, 
the storyline with like the the crime that's being done in Baltimore hits all aspects, like you know, from you know the crime on the streets to the politicians and the police force to the news to the newspapers to the school district. It's a really neat show. Um, it's seems very realistic. A lot of it is based on like true stuff that they covered in Baltimore in the 1980s, but mm-hmm. um, not you know bad language and all that stuff. Pretty graphic, but uh, it's a really enjoyable TV show. It's my favorite TV show of all time, and I'm rewatching it right now. That's a great selection. I know people love the The Wire. Dan, do you did you watch The Wire or no? You know, I never got to watch The Wire. Yeah, uh, but again, like you, I know a lot of people who really enjoy that show. Um, so, got a lot of time on my hands now, so I'll probably check it out for sure. Great selection, Scott. Uh, my selection tonight is, I guess you'd call this a video streaming service. I had heard of it, and I didn't really explore it until last night, literally. Uh, It's called Pluto TV, and it's free. It's a free streaming service with hundreds of channels available, movie channels, TV channels, uh, other things that you could get independently on the Internet, like CBS News, NBC News, the streaming services are all built into there as well. They even have specifically themed channels. Like there's a Baywatch channel, which only shows Baywatch. Um, there's show a, a lot of MTV channels like MTV classic, uh, one channel that just shows MTV, uh, what's it called? MTV, uh, raps, the show that they, they used to air that, that just shows Yo, that. So Yo MTV, raps. Yo MTV raps. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool. Um, we were watching last night buzzer the game show channel and supermarket oh, sweep was on. Yes. <laughs> Very so cool. I will play those a little bit too. I love the buzzer TV. Like, yes, yeah. it's good. And it, I just thought it was amazing. I knew it was free and I knew that it was kind of recommended for people who have cut the cord, but I had no idea just how much content was on there. So, uh, it's easy. You download it. It's free and it's extremely, uh, easy to work. So that's Pluto TV. That's my stuff. We love recommendation for tonight. Yeah, so, I think uh, I'm going to check well, that out because I cut the cord. And that's yeah, me too. <laughs> if you cut the cord, and this this is a perfect addition to your streaming lineup because there's so much fun stuff on there. You, you're bound to find something to watch when you uh, when you go on there. And they got themed movie channels too, if I'm correct. Like they got a horror movie channel, a mystery channel, drama, comedy, all that stuff. And an on-demand library too, which I thought was really cool. Wow. Uh, Are they making any money? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> So before we get to the wrap-up stage, let me just say, uh, gentlemen, Scott, Dan, uh, this has been great tonight. I had a lot of fun on this episode. Yeah, same same goes for here. I love chatting music um, and just chat and talking with you guys. Can't wait to do the next round of 60s or if we jump into the 70s or 50s next, um, sign me up. I'd love, love to join you. Awesome. And, and Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I have to thank you for, for, for this, Scott. It was, it was a lot of fun. And uh I uh, can't wait for, for more conversations like this for the next round. Cause we could, we could have kept going. We could have done 30, 40, 50. <laughs> this was great. I, I, I just got an idea. We should do a We should do a Motown episode. Yeah. Yeah. You could, we could do a whole show on just Motown alone. Yeah. Yes. And I'll record it from Hitsville, USA. I'll drive over there. And then yeah, you're I'll not just, far. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before we wrap up, uh, Scott, I know you're, uh, you're big on Twitter. Can you tell our audience where they could find you on there? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I do a lot of Disney stuff and I'll try to do some more music stuff on there too, but I'm at Epscott, kind of like the theme park Epcot. So it's E P S C O T simple as that. And uh, Scott, I know you've made a lot of appearances over the years on the be our guest podcast, which is a great and wonderful, uh, Disney theme podcast. So 
you, our listeners should check you out on there. And you've been on there recently. They've been having these great, they call community check-in shows yeah. where they check in with Disney listeners and how they're faring while all this crazy stuff is going on in the world. So, yeah, my uh, great buddy, Mike, um, you know, he does a great job with that. Um, yes. He checks in every night and on the upper corner, like on the lower third, he has a number of days of quarantine. I think he's up to like 55 now is the count, which is insane to think that that's how yeah. long we've been doing this. Yeah. But, uh, and he's a man of like routine. So like, he's not going to stop. Like he, he can't miss one of these days of checking in. So he checks in every night with this, with the podcast community, which is awesome. And he lets me join him every now and then. So it's, it's always fun chatting some Disney. Awesome. Yeah. It's great stuff. Uh, Thanks again, guys, for being here. Uh, for those of you who are interested in finding the Stuff We Love podcast online, we are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website is www.stuffwelovepodcast.com. You can write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what songs would be on your 1960s playlist. Please continue to leave us those good five star reviews on iTunes. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we are doing very well on Spotify. We joined uh, the Spotify platform not too long ago. In addition to being able to listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and any podcast service you use, Spotify does have a pretty robust podcast platform, and uh, we've had a lot of success on there. So that's another place for you to listen to us. Uh, Scott and Dan, I wish you well. I wish you good health during this time, and uh, just stay safe and healthy. And, and thanks again for being here. Keep on listening to the great music. Will do. Thanks again. Thanks again, Scott. Thank you, Scott. A lot of Scots tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and Even I was getting confused. I'd hear my name like, who, 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 what's going on? <laughs> but uh, guys, be well, and we'll talk soon. This is Let's go around the table one more time. I'm Scott. I'm Scott. And I'm Dan. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast. <laughs>